welcome to the Backyard Blitz. It is April 20th, 2022. Today we talk about all the drama surrounding Debo Samuel and his trade request. We have a special guest join us to talk Eagles draft, and Ronnie and I make our cases for our favorite prospects in this draft and more. Football is here. Let's get it. Welcome to the Backyard Blitz. I'm Brandon Peebler. You got Ronnie Eason in the house with us. Make sure that you go follow us at the BY Blitz. Follow uh, Ronnie at Ronnie Eason and then myself at Peebler22. Ronnie, I feel like it's been a while since we talked, man. How's it going? Nothing's happened in the NFL at all today, huh? <laughs> Not a thing. No, no. Good Lord, man. Well, you can imagine how I've been feeling and we'll we'll go ahead and get right into it because we, we do have a special guest tonight who's going to talk through uh, what the Philadelphia Eagles are uh, or what he's wanting the Philadelphia Eagles to do. Um, but we got some big news and that is that Debo Samuel is requesting a trade. Now, what do you think, Ronnie? Requesting a trade or not? I, I, it's been back and forth all day. Yeah, uh, so that's that's what I want to get into. Yeah, um, you know, after what we've seen this offseason, I wouldn't be a bit shocked to see him go. Uh, I, I, I'm a little surprised on what I'm hearing is the reason for that, though, and it's not necessarily about the money. Yeah, I mean, let, well, let's just dive right into it. Let's so so let's start off where uh, my day started to to jump off the cliff, and that was when this came out. So from uh, Jeff Darlington, who's from ESPN, said that he just spoke to wide receiver Debo Samuel and told me that he has asked the 49ers to trade him. He did not want to discuss specific reasons behind his request, but he has indeed let the 49ers know his desire to leave the organization more to come. So as you can imagine, I'm going, well, what the hell? This guy had scrubbed basically all his, you know, social media, his Instagram of the 49ers uh, 10 days ago. And we're going to dive into that. And I'm starting to understand it more after I read through the CBA today. Uh, yeah, I read through the CBA <laughs> today because there's, there's not a whole lot that he can do. Okay. But right now it's being reported that he requested a trade. So Ronnie, let's take it from this step. What was your initial reaction when you saw this? Uh, not shocked. I, I honestly, uh, it seems to kind of be the, the, uh, the, the evolution of every, of each step along the way, you know, first it's, I want a new contract and then it's all the social media is gone. And then it's, I want to trade and then they're gone. So I'm just kind of waiting for that next the ne uh, next shoot to drop, uh, see where he ends up. Uh, I've already hearing rumors of Miami back with Mike McDaniel's, but if it's a it's a, if it's a usage thing, like he doesn't like the role he's being utilized in, I don't see that happening going to Miami, because uh, that's kind of like McDaniel's thing. So uh, you know, I don't know. I really, honestly, was not shocked though. So here's my thoughts. Here's my thoughts on this, Kay. First of all, let's let's touch base on the usage. This is what has made his market so lucrative is the way that they're able to use him. We're we're talking the draft. We've been talking the draft for a couple weeks now. We got the draft next week and everybody in the NFL other than the 49ers are looking for the next Debo Samuel that they can use in that wide back position. Now, I do not buy Tom Pelissero's report of saying 
that he doesn't like the role that he's in. And you want to know why? Because he has an entire uh, clothing line that says wide back with his picture on it that he is selling T-shirts of. I don't buy that for a bit. I think that's more speculation of trying to figure out, well, what the hell is going on? Because the 49ers have a pretty tight ship. Okay. So when he requests a trade and obviously, you know, he must not, for me, it's got to be about the money. It has to be about the money. It always is. It, that is the root of all these things, right? If they offered him $500 million, do you think that he would be like, you know what? I don't like me playing wide back. He would be like, yes, I will take that. No problem. I will play <laughs> yeah, yeah. whatever you want me to do. So to me, I understand that, yes, they use him in a unique way. He wants to be compensated as such. I'm not a huge fan of the social media stuff. I'm not a huge fan of the requesting a trade. But I stumbled across something today that kind of makes me understand why they're doing that. And here is the CBA. Now, I'm going to pull it up on the big screen here. I'll read it so you guys don't have to squint and try to catch all this. But <laughs> this is uh, Article 8, Section B of the Collective Bargaining Agreement. A player shall not receive an accrued season for any league year in which the player is under contract to a club and in which he failed to report to the club's preseason training camp on that player's mandatory reporting date. Keyword is mandatory. Voluntary, doesn't matter. The player thereafter failed to perform his contract services for the club for a material period of time unless he demonstrates to the impartial arbiter extreme personnel hardship causing such failure to report or perform <laughs> such as severe illness or death in the family. So basically, if something really, really bad happens that the team excuses you from, I don't know why it's continuing to do this, um, that basically you're excused. The biggest part of this entire thing is he cannot miss one day a mandatory time, according to the CBA. It will impact him because he only has uh, three uh, three seasons, really. Next year is his fourth season. And if it was next year that this was happening, like after next year or whatever, this wouldn't be a big deal. He only, and to veterans, this doesn't apply. This is to players that are just around the – the mark that he is three years and under. Okay. So he's right at that point because training camp happens before week one of 2022 year four does not exist yet in this verbiage. So basically he has no leverage. He cannot hold out. Even if he wanted to hold out and he did, it will affect his accrued seasons, which will mean that next year, instead of becoming a free agent after the season, he becomes a restricted free agent, which the 49ers hold all the cards. Mind you, there's also a franchise tag if they really wanted to after that season. And they, right? So there's all that. They have all the leverage. Not to mention, if he decided to say, screw that, I'm still going to try to hold out, it's $50,000 a day. He has zero leverage. So there's this conversation that's going on on Twitter. I'm seeing people freak out. I'm trying not to freak out because I'm going, this, this honestly doesn't make sense. If you kind of look at how AJ Brown is handling things, it's the same agent, by the way. Same exact agent. So I feel like this is more agent driven. But then later on, he tweets out this. He eventually deleted it, which I imagine was at the advice of his agent. But reporters' jobs is to make stories only. Reporters' jobs is to make stories. Only people know the truth about the situation is the 49ers. 
Um, I assume that that's his brother and or his brother or his father and Debo. Oh, that's his agent, Tori Dandy. Sorry, and Debo Samuel. Those are the three people that know what's going on. Basically, kind of shooting this down, but then he he delete it, which added to the fire almost. So, woo! It's been a day. But Ronnie, walk you know, me through your thoughts as we kind of went along that journey. You know, I I only can laugh when you make a comment or he makes a comment posting something like that. It's like. The only people that know what's going on are this person, this person, this person. Yeah, you're out here publicly removing everything off of social media. Your family's posting stuff about it. Like, if you really don't want people speculating and talking about it, then keep it to your damn self. Like, it just drives me crazy. What do you think would happen in our day job if we're like, you know what? I'm not going to come to work tomorrow because I want more money. <laughs> come on. Right. <laughs> it drives me crazy. These guys are already making 50 times more than either of us. I mean, I get it. It's a, it's a, it's a short lived career. I understand that. Give me a million bucks for a year and I'll walk away happy and I can be set for the rest of my life. I mean, just be smart with it. It's cause you're old. But, what's that? You're old. So a million dollars will last you a longer. <laughs> like, you know, like myself or our guest later, you know, he might want to, you know? <laughs> I mean, if you, if you're smart with the money, you're, you're going to be fine. A million bucks. Give me a million bucks when I was 21 and I would have been fine today. Like, I, I don't know. It just drives me crazy. Just keep it in house, get it figured out and move on with your career. I, and, and I can kind of understand if the part of the issue is the usage. And I understand what you were saying as far as the, the line of clothing and everything. Naturally, they're going to market whatever they can and make whatever bucks they can. However, but we all know that the average career length for running back is not long, like 28 years old and they're done. So that's I why I think it's all money. That's why I think I, it's the money. Yeah, I can, I can see where it's a combination of the two. But if you think about it, if that's his, 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 his thought process, how much do running backs make compared to the rest of the team the positions? Right. Right. So is that what you want to get paid as? <laughs> right. I mean, you can't have this, a cake and eat it too, bro. This might be the first time in the history of football that we've heard a wide receiver say they want to get less touches. Okay. <laughs> right. Might be the exactly. first and I'm not even saying that he's, he's saying that. Cause I do feel like, you know, when, when he says the reporter's job is to make stories, this hundred percent, this is the off season The these guys that are on TV all the time, we do it ourselves. We try to piece together the dots and try to figure out what's going on. And, and that's all that, that that's really going on. I'm not surprised that he requested a trade. That's the only leverage that he has. It, it's it. According to this new CBA, he can't hold out. He can't do any of that stuff. So what can he do? He can scrub his social media. He can be very vocal. He can request a trade to try to try to say, hey, let's get the fans in an uproar and you can see how important I am. So I, I understand it, but I'm not a huge fan of the tactic, right? But yeah, it is yeah. what his it is. His leverage is... His leverage is being vocal. Yeah, he's like, "Oh, it's their job to make up stories." Well, then <sighs> you're giving them the story. Exactly. You're giving I mean, them. You're the story. just like yeah. throwing coals on the fire by saying all this ridiculous stuff and the social media pictures. It's it's annoying. So we're gonna have our guest on here in a <laughs> few seconds, right? But let's make a prediction. So you're gonna go first. I think you know mine. We've talked about it briefly today. What is your pred prediction of what happens with Debo Samuel and the 49ers? What, what do you think is going to happen? We're a week away from the draft, which obviously adds to the fire of everything, right? Like there's a timeline of 
you know, the draft is here. If you're going to get a haul for him, it's going to be sooner than later. So what, what do you think really happens? You know, the the front office in San Francisco has never really been in a position like this that I'm aware of. Um, but I, they do kind of strike me as a no-nonsense kind of group. Like, they're not going to mess around. Uh, if, if somebody comes to them, though, if a team comes to them with a haul of picks, I think they'd be silly and foolish not to take the trade. Like at the, at the end of the day, as a franchise, you got to think about the long term. Yes, you got to think about the short term, but if you can land a couple of first rounders, a couple of like a Tyreek Hill type haul, yeah, you make the deal. I just don't know if there's another team out there that's willing to do that. However, we know the Jets tried with high, with Hill, and the Jets have popped up in this whole. Debo thing. I've seen well, that. They, the, it's because of the staff. There's a lot of the staff that came from San Francisco. Yeah. So uh, I could see the Jets really making a push. And if they and you know sweeten that deal enough, yeah, I think the 49ers well, are like, fine, get out of here, Debo. Good luck with the Jets. They got two first rounders. I'm just saying. Now, <laughs> here's here's my prediction. First of all, I don't think he goes anywhere unless it's a King's ransom that you can't turn down, right? If you get two yeah. first round picks for a guy that was initially a second rounder, that's a tough one to turn down, but I, I get a little nervous when players try to force their way out because other players on the team are watching. Whatever happens, they're watching how the team is handling this, right? If they allow, if they say, "Okay, Debo, you know, we got X, Y, and Z for you. We're going to ship you out per your request." Do you think that another player is going to do? They're going to do the exact same thing when it comes down to negotiations, i.e., Nick Bosa, because that's also coming. Okay, so. I think the team has to handle this very delicately because there's a precedent that you are setting for other players. I don't think he goes anywhere because they have all the leverage. And I do know that Debo and Kyle Shanahan do have a really good relationship. John Lynch and Debo have a good relationship. George Kittle said when his deal came up that the first offer that the 49ers gave, he actually called it the Valentine's Day massacre, that it was so bad that he was like, no. I imagine that there's a little bit of that kind of going on and maybe a different agent is causing this and a different CBA under that time. But I don't think he's going anywhere. The 49ers literally don't have to do anything. He's under contract for this year. Worst case scenario that he plays through that. The CBA says that he, there, there can't be any hold-ins, like nothing. Like Debo can literally do nothing but show up and play. So we'll see how this goes. I think that he gets extended. Um, there's something that they're waiting on. Jimmy Garoppolo to get traded. There's $27 million that becomes free once that guy leaves the building. I'm a big Jimmy fan, but how can you pay Debo Samuel when you have $1.5 million in cap space, an entire draft class to sign, and you still have that dude on the payroll? There's things that are going to happen. That timeline's yeah. moving up. We got the draft coming up, but here's, we'll see. But, of course, crazy here's stuff. Here's my, my additional thought on it, too. As a GM or owner, I don't care who you are. If you don't want to play for my team, get lost. I, I that's just how I feel. Like in, in a situation like this, like you said, the players are watching too, and I think they're watching not only from the perspective of how the team handles it, but also from how Devo. Not every player is going to agree with what he's doing. Right. So if the Niners keep him in that that locker room, there could potentially be a division there too. So do you want to take that risk? Right. I, I, I said guys get rid of him. I, I, I think the guys in the NFL, 
I think the guys in the NFL, it, it's a business, and that's the way that they're handling things in the offseason. And we've heard lots of guys say, hey, it's a business, X, Y, and Z, right? So let's just let it play out. It's April. We're not even <laughs> setting up the pads until September. Cool your jets. There's a Shit lot of stuff up. that goes on. There's a lot of negotiating. <laughs> and with social media, there's stuff that's happened. I'm, I'm with you, though. Like, if a guy truly doesn't want to be there, I get it. But I think there's there's a little bit of a gap between requesting a trade for negotiation negotiating tactics to actually not wanting to be there. We know that he's got a relationship with the coach and the GM. Come on, Debo. We're calling your bluff, bro. Your agents make it like kind of pushing you in this way a little bit, I feel. But nonetheless, I hate every second of it. All right. We got a guest that's going to come on the show. This is a buddy of mine that literally told me at the beginning part of last year that the Eagles were going to be in the playoffs. And I laughed at him, laughed at him. Every really step did. of the way, every step of the way, you texted me, Johan, and you said, "No, no, 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 they're better than people think. They're better than people think." You were right, Johan, and I, I gave you a very public apology. Okay, you very did. public apology. Awesome. I said, "I'm sorry." All this stuff. I think we have one thing in common. That's that we hate the Cowboys, but the draft is right around the corner. You have two first round picks. I want to know what you want your boys to do. I know that you're very invested in the Eagles. I mean, we can see the the. By the way, great back. I love it when we get Brian a background Dawkins? that's got yeah Brian, Brian Dawkins, Dawkins got right. Weapon X in the background. <laughs> there you go. Tell me a little bit about what you want to see the Philadelphia Eagles do. Well, we had three draft picks, but and I was super excited about that because I was like, oh my gosh, like this just it doesn't happen to us, you know. So. I was excited, but we traded one away. I'm guessing it's, you know, stack up for next year for a new quarterback because Jalen Hurts sucks. <laughs> hey, you, you can't get mad at Johan. He's a Philadelphia Eagles fan. They booed Santa Claus and threw snowballs at him. This is I'm just with comes him. with the right. I don't think That's Hurts right. is that good. He sucks. Where's the long ball? He has nothing. <laughs> I can't stand the guy. Like, so he's a I'm excited. Nuts. He's a few notches below Lamar Jackson when it comes to being a pure passer. Oh, my God. Yeah, I don't think Lamar Jackson <laughs> – Shots fired around the globe, man. <laughs> They're pretty much the same. Lamar Jackson is above, but come on. Hurts can't yeah, He's above just because he can. he's a little bit faster. That's it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. He runs a little he bit faster. Might be a little bit bigger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He breaks tackles and everything, but – So you, you, got, you got 15 and 18. You got picks 15 and 18. And you're saying maybe a quarterback for next year. So you're not sold on any of the quarterbacks, it sounds like, in this draft. Is that right? I wouldn't be shocked if we were to get one. I know they have a lot of interest in Malik Willis, which I actually kind of like. There's something about him. I think You said you wanted a guy to throw, though. Yeah. <laughs> he throws it pretty good. <laughs> he, run, he runs it, too. He, throw, he okay. throws it yeah. and runs it. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll a little take different it. when the pressure's on, though. That's yeah. true. That is true. But I love his energy, That the fact that he excites the crowd. Let me give you an example. Last year, Garner Minshew went in. Oh, my gosh. That guy is like, I will go for this guy. <laughs> like, th his energy, the way, the passion that he plays with, that's my guy right there. Jalen Hurst, he has that Eli Manning look that annoys me. Oh, like, my God. <laughs> I can't stand it. <laughs> he's just stone cold, barely does anything. He He's excited, but... Anyway, you know, I, I can talk hours about that guy. <laughs> it's funny you, you mentioned that. I used to say kind of the same thing about Tyrod Taylor when he was playing for Buffalo. It would drive me absolutely nuts. The defense would be on the field, and there's Tyrod sitting on the bench, towel over his head, just, just sitting there. 
Nothing. Not talking to anybody, not looking at film, not looking at still pictures, nothing. Just sitting there like long face, exactly. like, dude, come on, man, do something. It's horrible. It, it, yeah. it just drives me crazy because I don't I don't see the passion. And I, I know he loves football, obviously, but I want to see it. I want to be able to be excited watching him play. You yeah. know, Mike Vick was awesome. Yeah, he was more of a runner, but and he can throw the long ball, but there's an excitement to that. This guy now, I can't. W- we didn't coordinate our jerseys. We all didn't wear white on, but it just kind of <laughs> happened. Is that your Carson Wentz jersey you got on? Uh, number eleven, I think it's AJ Brown. Maybe no. Brown. <laughs> what is he talking about? Or uh, Debo Samuel just saw became available. Man, I'm about so. to kick you off of this right now, <laughs> right now. Hey, we got so, the draft capitals. That's yeah, obviously. So too. receiver, right? Like. You got linebacker, DB, wide receiver, probably biggest needs that you guys have right now. In your mind, it's probably quarterback, but I don't think that's going to happen unless – I don't think it's going to happen unless – I mean, there's been crazier things that happen. But I feel like Philadelphia has more things that they need to put around Jalen perhaps and actually see what he has. Because last year he had Devonta Smith and then there was like nobody else. Like it, just, yeah. it didn't seem like he had a ton of help. Well, Birds went to the desert. With that. Yeah. We have Jalen Rager as our number two. That guy, he needs to kick rocks. He has to get out of here, go to San Francisco or something, and wow. just leave. <laughs> just leave. Maybe they can do it one for one for uh, I think Rager be a good for deal. Samuel. You guys are both I'll crossing the line. I'll take it. <laughs> he sucks. So then we have uh, Quest Watkins, who I think is going to be Oop. awesome this year. Quest Watkins. Remember that Oop. name. Remember Jordan <laughs> okay. Mylata? Jordan Mylata? Yeah, okay. Okay. I'm, I'm telling you. Remember that name. He's going to be our slot receiver once we get either Debo Samuel, A.J. Brown, or a new draft pick, number 15. I think we're going to go with Jamison Williams. I think he's going to be good. I think he's going to be there. Or Drake London, who is a big receiver, strong. I'll take him, too. I think London's going to go early. I think so, too. So, so 15. I think if you're going to get London, you have a shot at 15. But that means that – the Texans passed him up that the Vikings, I think the Vikings are going to go more um, corner. I wouldn't be surprised if the commanders went for him. You also have the jets that are looking possibly at a receiver at 10. There's some, there's some mocks that have Jameson Williams going 10. I, I have a hard time with a, with a guy that's coming off an ACL that just happened, by the way, it happened in January mm-hmm. going to a team that, needs that production now i feel like the jets right. need that production from a receiver now so that's the only thing that makes me go ah, i'm not sure well, but I think he'll drop. I mean, healthy he's an absolute beast right yeah. you know I, I think he'll be ready to go in november but so if he's available at 15 you take williams is that your that your number one guy yeah because we're not going to go linebacker as much as i want it to be we're not we haven't drafted a linebacker in the first round since 1979 it's it's not going to happen and knowing how we I, I can't see it happening. I, I, it's not going to happen. Either him. Yeah, I or actually we have, have the Eagles at 15 going to Kobe Dean. The I want that guy too. <laughs> I want that guy. I have a number 18, but I, I just, wishful thinking, you know, I don't think we're going to draft the linebacker. There's no way. Or a corner. Even there are some good corners. You're talking first round, though. They're going to definitely draft a linebacker or a corner in this draft. You're just saying, but and pick it doesn't have 18. Yeah, it doesn't happen. So, so you're thinking, okay, so are you t- taking two wide receivers, Johan? There's, there's other positions. We're taking a wide receiver need. and a defensive lineman. Fletcher Cox is going to be gone after this year. 
So we, okay. I have Jordan Davis from Georgia as a as a lineman. So linebacker, I wish and I hope because we need it. Every time I see Michael Michael Parsons on the other side and the Cowboys, ah, I can't stand it because that guy's <laughs> awesome. I wanted that guy, but that's how I felt about Tom Brady for the last twenty years. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> I feel your pain. <laughs> well, your to, pain to so be bad. fair, there was 198 picks to get Tom Brady. You know, Micah Parsons went, what'd he go, number, was 12, it 11? I want to say around 15, mm-hmm. 10, 10 to 15 range. Yeah, yeah it's right. In there. I know, I'm trying to think of when uh, Chicago traded up to get Justin Fields. I want to say that was 11, but I know that Parsons was right there. It was like, after, it was either the pick before. Okay. It was after us because I think we could have taken him. Which I'm happy with Devonta Smith. I think he's awesome, and I did want him, but Michael Parsons, man, that guy is—he's something else. But I like I said, Parsons no linebackers. In a heartbeat. Yeah, he did, but he no did get bullied around in the in the in the playoffs there. So I mean, I'm just hey, just throwing that we out. got yeah. to the playoffs. <laughs> I was happy with that. So I, you know, talking about three series. So I've got the Eagles taking wide receiver at 18, but it's Chris Olave. Him too. I like. So, oh, okay. I or hear he's going to he, he will fit in the uh, the slot really well, so that would be perfect. Or Johan Dotson, not Johan, Johan Dotson from Penn State. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's. Was... <laughs> so my thing is right. You have Devonta Smith, which the knock on him is that he's kind of small, right? He's uh-huh. a, he's a small receiver. He's a good route I have runner. High school kids that are bigger than he is. <laughs> I mean, it, I just get nervous when he gets tackled. Like his legs are teeny, but I mean, he, he's he's been holding up and he's kind of held up his whole yeah. career. So my thing is you'd want to almost see a guy on the other side have that big profile, right? That's more of your possession type of receiver where I feel like Devonta Smith fits in that Z. He can go in the slot occasionally. I do think that that London would be a really, really good yeah. pick if he went there. He is your bigger receiver. Um, I I'd think be Williams, shocked if he drops to 15. Drake London? Yeah. Oh, I would. I'll How many? He, so, he's considered one of the top one or two receivers in this draft. Mm-hmm. Jamison Williams is considered the t- the wide receiver prospect, minus yeah. the injury. So I could see a team that's you know planning long term. They're like, oh, we're not going anywhere this year, so let's go ahead and grab Williamson or Williams, which could be Philadelphia, I suppose, at fifteen. Yeah, because we uh, have a quarterback next year, so we gotta we gotta help out our new quarterback. You know, so there you go. But I don't, I don't, I don't think I don't know where do I have Williams going. Uh, I actually have him going at you nineteen. You gotta go to the Saints, didn't you? Yeah, at nineteen. And 19, I, the more that I, I do this and I, I did another mock the other day and I'm going to do another one tonight and, and we're going to officially have ours next week. It's so, this is the toughest draft that, I, that I've ever had to like There's piece a lot together of where it's going. And it's because mm-hmm. of the quarterbacks. Like really the, you always yeah. start at quarterback, where are they going? And then you can start to like fill needs from there. Last year we knew top three teams were taking quarterbacks. It was just a matter of after one and two, who who number three was taken, which was the Niners, right? And then you could kind of piece together where other players were going to go. And it, was, it, it wasn't it was like you had a perfect mock draft because you're like, oh, sweet. But you at least had a, a foundation of where guys were. This, this year, you got a quarterback that could go at six. I don't know who that could be. You Potentially eight, nine. And then after that, it's like 18. Second round. 19, even 32, so they could go all over the place. And then you could even make an argument for only two go in the first round. Other guys are second-round guys. So I think because of that, and then you have so many good prospects, it is such a deep class. 
that you could go a, a number of different ways between edge rusher, receiver, linebacker. There's a bunch of uh, receivers. And, and there's a bunch of tackles too that are really coveted. Mm-hmm. And so then you yeah. start piecing all that together and it's like, well, you have teams that have needs at tackle, linebacker, receiver. Who's going there? Well, hell, there's like three different guys that could go right there, and it's almost impossible to predict this stuff. But you know, you do your best. But so at 15, exciting. You, this is an exciting be, one. It, it is really yeah. exciting. So yeah. you'd be happy with a receiver at 15. So number eight, let's say you do get your guy. Let's say you get London. Let's say you get uh, Jamison Williams. Let's pretend yeah. that that just happened. Number 18, you're thinking Jordan Davis. I think you're not so going to because- go linebacker, even though it's a glaring need on your team, Johan. I agree with you. You guys can't stop the run in September. I agree a hundred billion percent. I agree with you. It it doesn't happen. I've seen this every single year. (laughs) Howie, Howie Roseman, we need a linebacker. We need a linebacker. Nothing. It doesn't happen. I'm I'm used to the pain. I'm used to the pain already. (laughs) I will say this: when it comes to the linebacking position, it's almost kind of taking a backseat to the the, your front four and your DBs, just because of the way this league goes now. It is and a we got league. two draft, uh, two linebackers in the free agency. Yeah, so I, I feel like One if you're good up front, you're good in the back, you can plug guys in the middle, they can get it done. Yeah. So I, I just don't feel like the linebacker is necessarily a first-round position anymore, though there are some that I do have going in the first round. Um, but There's the other guy. What is it? Dave, not Davis. I was just named up. Linebackers? So yeah, Devin, Devin Lloyd. Yeah, from Lloyd. Utah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's a big, there's a big drop Dean. off after you know really Nicobe Dean and then you go um oh the guy that you just mentioned from uh, yeah, from Utah Devin Lloyd yeah and then there's mm-hmm. a big drop off at linebacker and there's not as much of it I you can get those guys later on right you've even seen mm-hmm. like a Fred Warner come from the third round you've seen those guys it, the 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 Chargers I almost call them the San Diego Chargers they don't really have much of a linebacking core but it's up front that really dictates you know them needing linebackers because they don't have anybody that can hold a gap right yeah and, and we've been known for our front we've been known yeah. and we've been yeah. known to have like one of the greatest fronts ever brandon graham comes back older hoping for and the off best. of an achilles injury that hoping happened against the, the niners hoping, hoping for the best <laughs> hey kobe bryant had an achilles injury he came back last but game and Kobe, 60 points. Kobe's Kobe. Kobe's Kobe. Brandon <laughs> Graham <laughs> is Brandon Graham, right? Uh, when Brandon Graham <laughs> snapped his Achilles against the Niners, I swear I saw dust come off. I did. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm sorry. You didn't deserve that. You didn't deserve that, Johan. <laughs> breaking news, Debo Samuels to the Eagles? <laughs> Shut up. What? <laughs> so you got – okay, so receiver, and you're really thinking – so honestly, if you went with um, – Or Kyle Hamilton. Safety. He, no way he's dropping that far. I don't. Unless, I don't even think he gets out of the top eleven. I, I think unless we get the honey badger. Eleven. If we get the honey badger, I'll be so happy. I'm. I'm That'll waiting for that draft. to happen. I'm waiting for that to happen because they keep talking about it. Yeah. You know, so I'm like, all right. But if it doesn't happen, and Kyle Hamilton somehow gets there, I think we go there too. Corner. I I, like I said, we haven't drafted a corner in forever. Lito Shepard in 2002, which was awesome but we had two draft picks if we want to trade up to get sauce garner <laughs> you'd have saying. to get you, i think you'd have to get in the 
it's not even a guarantee that he he gets out of the top three. There, I've seen mocks where he's going early. I honestly think four is where he goes. I I, I can't get past him leaving uh leaving the jet. So you'd have to get up to three. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. So you I don't, also I don't have two draft you... picks next year, just in case. But you know, <laughs> yeah. You know, well, so I, going back to the whole draft trading draft pick situation, and I kind of wanted to bring up this up last week. Because uh, that's just what I'm hearing a lot of from the the teams talking about. It's hard for teams to trade back because there's just not that one or two guys at the top of the draft that everybody's like drooling over. So it's hard for somebody that wants to trade back to get a good offer because there's really nobody's like, oh, yeah, I need to move up so I can get this guy or that guy. No, it's like right. I can sit right here and get the second best and keep all of my draft picks. So I I wouldn't Brent be McDuffie's shocked if we don't really see a lot of movement in this draft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Well, yeah, I think you're right. Well, at least the compensation, if there is, right? I think you can make an argument that there might be movement, but the compensation might not be what it was in previous years because there's not that, those guys. I So you got the Lions at two. I, I, I really just have this feeling that they might not want to pick there if their guy is not available, right? But I've also seen – I was reading and hearing some stuff today about Trayvon Walker going number one, and I'm actually kind of starting to lean that way more because uh, Trent Baalke is a psychopath. <laughs> he he really likes these, you know, physical specimens, and Trayvon Walker is like a freak among freaks. Like he tests out of the building. He has a lot of upside, but we don't know what that is, right? There. And I have my concerns about that. There was just almost no production, though. On a team, so the draft isn't necessarily about what you've done, though. So, like, this is a case where it's not necessarily what you've done, but what you potentially could be, right? In in two to three years, and he has the potential of all his measurables, and you get him with the right coaching staff that's able to do that. I I get the argument. I get the argument. I'm with you, though, Ronnie. Like. If you're going to spend that high draft pick, like you, it's got to be like your job's on the line. Like you get fired for for missing yeah. these, right? So I understand exactly where you're coming from. I also know that Trent Balky has consistently had drafted guys with ACLs. He's drafted physical freaks that that sometimes pan out and sometimes don't. I think AJ Jenkins was in that list of his blunders way back in the day, but he picked. Alden Smith fairly high and he had that same type of thing that, you know, he kind of came out of nowhere and it was, everybody was wondering why he used such a high pick on him. I can see him doing that. And if that's the case, if you're Detroit at two and Aiden Hutchinson is there, I think you sprint up that card because there's no way that you can let a Michigan guy not play in Michigan. Right. So I, I don't know. I, what about Thibodeau? I think he's. Falling. I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm not sold on him. You already have to get that guy, like motivated to play. And uh, that I've guy's kind of weirdo. Some kind of issues. Yeah. Yeah. Like. And I think that's not, he's falling too. Yeah, I, I, I really think that there's yeah. something, something to that. There, I think, prospect wise, as far as athleticism and all that, he has all the tools. He does. Mm-hmm. He's long, lengthy. You know, explosive. 
but he's got a problem in his in his mind of the want yeah. to. And that that's something in the NFL, like this is when you should be wanting it the most, right? right. Like how are you if you're barely wanting it now, how are you five years in? And right. the grind and of 18 games and you're not winning potentially, you know, what does that look like? So I got my questions for Thibodeau for sure. I have him dropping incredibly. Um, I had him at two in in my other mock draft, but I'm I'm just not sold. I think that's that's gonna go in the in the final one. But um right before I, I get you out of here, Johan, if you had like what's your guy like in this draft? Like if you at 15, if he was available, and, and maybe it's not realistic, but I, who's your favorite prospect in this draft that if you could just, like, get him on your team, you would be ecstatic? Nakobe Dean, linebacker. I and think you didn't pick him at 15 or 18, Johan? What is your problem? It's because I know the Eagles. These Philadelphia fans, I'm telling you, they don't know what they want. They boo Santa Claus. This is why I get in arguments with you, bro. Nicobe Dean's my guy. And he, I said if he's there, would you take him? Nope. I'm taking wide it's receiver good. and I'm taking interior defensive line. Like, and it's, it, it's not going to happen. I have to be realistic. I have to be realistic with this. It's not going to happen. Malik Willis is the other one, but I think we're. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I'm okay, Johan, let's, make, it, let's make a little bet possible. right here. Let's make a little bet. Uh-huh. You you really like you're a hundred percent honest like that you and sure that you don't think that they're gonna pick Nicobe Dean if he's available they're not gonna 15? do it don't think so oh my god I'm I gotta come up sure hundred percent sure okay so if they do sure. Johan what what what's going on? we're gonna have you on the show uh-huh. I'm gonna pull up his picture and the draft pick and him <laughs> holding the card with the Eagles hat on and I'm gonna stare at you for twenty <laughs> minutes and let you, you try to it. talk your I'll way be out of it bro extremely happy <laughs> that happens. I'll be extremely happy if that happens. I just I I'm tired of being disappointed. <laughs> Ronnie, I never ever right. If there was a guy that you're in love with in the draft, like you want him on your team and you're like even fantasizing about him being on the team before it even happens. And if it happens, you're like, sweet, that's awesome. Johan literally had the opportunity to tell me, yep, I pick him here. And then this other guy here, and you didn't take him, and then that's I've never heard that before in my whole life. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> for the for the record, Hutchinson would be mine. That's a guy Hutchinson I would, love, would be yours. Love to have in Buffalo. Oh, oh man, he would. I got a couple with that culture. I I got a couple. I I'm dude. Sauce Gardner for me is an abs. I think he's as I he, just he's just out of reach. <laughs> oh, I know. Well, I said he's unrealistic. Like a, I threw that out there. Yeah, unrealistic, yeah, which I like guess a, Kobe Dean's unrealistic for you. I think very uh, much so. I think Mr. Gardner is our our, our Deion Sanders of today. Like yeah. all the gold chains, the big old necklace that says sauce on it. Like uh, you haven't even played it down yet. Come on, you got it. But that's but that's that. Like you got to have that though. Like these like those guys. You first of all, Once in a let's just let's just talk through this, and I'll get you out of here, Johan. But you got your your high school guys that you knew that you're like, dang, that guy was a good player, right? You all know those guys that maybe we played with in high school or knew of that was a really good football player. Okay. Well, he didn't go anywhere past high school. And then maybe you you get to to college and then you see this guy in college that you're like, dang, that guy is a beast. And then he might go to the NFL and doesn't really make a training camp and kind of peters out. Right. You have these guys in the NFL that are at that level that are getting picked number four, these guys are the most amazing athletes in the entire world. You can wear a freaking gold chain and be like, I'm a bad mofo. Cause you want to know what 
You are, sir. And your name's Sauce. That's it. How, if you can walk many, around your name, how many Sauce, number four picks in history have done Jack? You know what? In the NFL, like I don't know. Lot. Prove it before you go out there and, and start there, talking there's a and lot. wearing all the crap. And I'll tell you what: if I was number four, I'd freaking have a gold chain in my face <laughs> right here. Just I'm gonna be you number remember, four. You remember how we were talking about that. being smart and knowing what to do with your money? <laughs> yeah, 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 that's true. Fair enough. <laughs> Speaking of that, Johan, you have uh, you do real estate, and I, I wanted to give you a opportunity to kind of I wanted you to get on the show, talk through the Eagles and stuff, but I also want you to have an opportunity to kind of to broadcast yourself a little bit. So, the stage is yours, my friend. Awesome. Hey, I really appreciate it because it's an awesome market right now. Buying, selling, let me know. It's a beautiful Treasure Valley. We all love it here. You know, if you know someone that wants to buy or sell, let me know. Well, on. how are we going to get a hold of you, Johan? Are we just going to say, Johan, the Eagles fan? Like, come on, bro. Like, what do you got going on here? Tell me how I'm going to get a hold of you. Fly, I have Eagles, your number. Fly. They don't. Fly, Eagles, fly. That's all you got. <laughs> I'll give you my number. It's a 760-429-4441 or email me at johan at idahohomerealty.com. Got awesome. You. That's cool. Now I know where I'm sending all my spam messages. You got it. No, that's awesome. I got, I got to block I, you and uh, yeah. becoming Eagles. Uh, oh my, you'll have to block me if that happens. I'm hopping your fence. I got it. Well, right on, Johan. I, I appreciate you coming on the show, man. Absolute pleasure. Um, if the Kobe Dean comes on here, you're getting a phone call and I'm getting you back on the show. Deal? Awesome. I'm excited. All right, man. Well, thanks for coming on, dude. Have a great night. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Have fun. Appreciate it. Dude, I love that guy. He cracks me up. I've never heard that before. This is my dude. This is my dude. Okay. And you didn't take him? You didn't take him. You had the opportunity. I, it was He was there. Oh. Well, Those Eagles fans, I'll never understand them. That's an odd, out of all the players you could have selected, that's, that's I don't know. That's just Dean. Odd, yeah. It's an Eagles fan. <laughs> that's all I... I mean, when you boo Santa Claus, I guess, like, there's <laughs> some of that that comes with it. I don't think an Eagles fan's ever happy, and I now I know. Now I know why. Because they don't even know what they want. They just walk around just grumpy, you know? <laughs> like, they, they, they got a Super Bowl, and they're still mad. It's like, you remember that that happened, right? Like, you and I, if that happened in 2016, it's static. Oh, I'd yeah. probably still, I'd smile from ear to ear for years, right? Mine's wearing <laughs> off from 94, okay? So... That's, that's I, just yeah, I don't know anything about all that, so still waiting. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we got the draft next week, Ronnie, and we're going to do our mock draft. We're going to end up doing it live. We're going to alternate picks. But before we get into that and talk through our competition, I really want to have a discussion around our guys. You mentioned Aiden Hutchinson, so I'll, I'll – uh, like these are guys that you feel like that you can't miss. They can be any anywhere, you know, in this pro they could be a fifth round guy. It doesn't matter. There's not really a you know parameter around this other than you love them and you have a case behind them that you would love to have them on your team. So Ronnie, we'll start off with you. You got Aiden Hutchinson. Uh tell me why you like him so much. Uh two reasons. He's just a football dude and the motor. Like you give me those two things and and you got yourself a football player. Is he going to like set, you know, sack records and all that? Who knows? Maybe, maybe not. But uh, I love those types of players that it's it's all about the game for them. It's it's about football. It's about their teammates. Uh, at this point, I don't. We don't know if it's about the money yet or not. We'll find out in a few <laughs> years. 
But as of right now, from what I've seen from him, the motor's nonstop. He's all heart. Uh, and I just love loved watching him play. And, you know, full disclosure, I am a Michigan guy. So there I watched him weekend <laughs> Saturday, every Saturday. There it is. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I just love those types of those, uh, you know, types of football players. You know, I do. So he's a Michigan guy. I'm a Notre Dame guy. So obviously, yeah, might not be a huge fan of him. You, this guy's going in the NFL, right? He's a he's a good player. The thing I like about him the most is the things that Jim Harbaugh says about him. He's a leader. You could tell that whole year he was a he was a tremendous leader in that locker room. Yeah, he's got all the intangibles that you would want, right? But he's a guy that is really going to galvanize your locker room. And I think, you know, him going to a place like Jacksonville or worst case scenario, I don't think he gets past Detroit. There's no way that he falls to three. He's a Dan Campbell kind of guy. (laughs) Yeah. He's a, he's a guy, Chris Collinsworth slide in. He's a guy. He's a dude that is really a leader. He's a leader. And he, you know, I keep hearing this and I wanted to get your thoughts. I've been hearing comparisons to Joey and Nick Bosa. I don't agree with those. I, I don't think that he's quite the specimen that those guys are. But I'm I'm not saying that he's out of the realm either. I'm saying that he, he he could potentially get there. But like that prospect going into the draft, I don't think he's that guy. But I'm not saying that he can't turn into that either. I really think that he's explosive. He's really strong. Um, he's got to definitely work on you know some of his moves. Some some don't look pretty. Some of them are herky jerky. You know, uh, but he does get the job done. The, I think the thing I like about him the most is that he's a leader, and I imagine that that's probably right in line with you. Yeah, yeah, that's why I say he would fit right in with that culture in Buffalo. I he, he's not going to get to twenty five. No, <laughs> but you know, uh, if there was a guy I could just pick from this uh, class and drop him in Buffalo, that's the one I would. I would put in there and a lot of, and some of that obviously has to do with the fact that that's probably the number one thing that Buffalo needs. Yeah. They got Von Miller, but you can never have too many pass rushers, especially young ones. Yeah, that's absolutely true. you got another guy? Uh, so there's a few guys that I had mentioned, uh, Jordan Davis being one of them. Okay. I think he really shot up a lot of people's uh, draft boards and kind of got on people's radars with his combine numbers. Uh, I, my only question i guess with him is he's got all the physical traits right but can he turn those into something more than just a run stopper and if he can if he can harness all that into an aaron donald type player which he has the skill set to do the dude will be phenomenal um i just like i said i don't know if if he has that in him i don't know if he was utilized or was not utilized in that way because he struggled with it or if it's just simply that's the scheme that he was asked to do, and they didn't try anything else. I'm not the coach there in, in uh, Georgia, so I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I like him a lot, though. And, and kind of going back to what you were saying about uh, Balky, Buffalo does the same thing as far as they look for guys with traits. Like you look at Gregory Rousseau, Spencer Brown, guys they drafted last year. They're like seven foot, 1,000, 600-pound dudes. Um, it was hilarious. There was this uh, – uh, picture that kind of went viral of Rousseau standing next to uh, the GM Brandon Bean and he goes to shake his hand and his hand literally covers Bean's face like the whole head you couldn't <laughs> see it it's crazy how big these guys are and, and that's how they draft and I Davis Davis fits that kind of model he's got all the the uh, the skill sets there to do it the the talent uh, it's just if he can harness all that and become that 
I, I agree with you. I, I th- he's an absolute freak show. Absolute freak show. Yeah. And I think the combine, and that's what the combine's kind of designed to do, is that you measure all these measurables and you stack them up against everybody else who's freaks. And then you have a freak among freaks, which is Jordan Davis. They had a couple on that defense there in Georgia, by the way. And not <laughs> shocking that they yeah. won. Yeah, that they won the national championship when you really start looking at all the guys that they had on that defense. And you're like, gosh, dang, dude, you guys are ridiculous. But my one thing with guys like that that go into the NFL, and this is for quarterbacks, this is for edge rushers, any of those guys that have relied on their athleticism and not technique. In the NFL, everyone is a freak show. That's why they're there. Everybody's fast. Everybody's strong. And it's very rare that you see people get overpowered or overmatched, you know, as far as just strength versus strength. They're all strong. And usually technique wins out over strength anyway. So my caveat to Jordan Davis, if he can really hone in on his craft and get really good with his handwork, get really good with his footwork and start putting some moves together and combine that with his athleticism and then start figuring out how that works within the scheme, that's when you get guys like Aaron Donald because they put all of those things together. Yes, he's a freak athlete. Same thing with Trayvon Walker. I want to see him put those things together. So absolutely. I got my list, Ronnie. And I put together a little slideshow here. And some of these might surprise you. Now, these aren't all first-round guys. Some of these guys might not be – you know, who you've heard of, or some of our listeners have heard of, but you know, that's kind of what this is all about here. These are guys that I think anywhere in the draft you're able to to get, but my first one is Calvin Austin. Now he is a, a Memphis guy. He's kind of a slot receiver. He's 5'8", 170 pounds. Uh, he can really, we see guys like Hunter Renfro. And the reason why I like guys like this is because they're able to just cut on a dime and change directions. And I think in today's passing game, I don't think that the those these smaller guys, like they have a career now. Like you see a Hunter Renfro who actually, if he walked up to my door, I would actually say, um, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm Catholic. I think he's a Mormon <laughs> missionary, right? So I, <laughs> they don't look the part. This guy's a track. He was on the track team and he participated on the, on the football team as a, a walk-on. But he's kind of earned his way. But he is, I mean, I'm talking acceleration, stop on a dime and he I, I was watching his tape and he can really get open and create separation from the DV the DB in m- multiple ways the DV's trying to play over top he's able to stop and break it off he can run the pivot routes he can get a lot of separation with his foot quickness so I really really like this kid now obviously he's not projected extremely high he's on the big board 87 uh, uh, according to this round projected as three. But I can see this kid getting into the right system and just kind of taking off. He has a skill set to gain separation. And uh, by the way, when you're playing receiver, it's not catching the ball that gets you the ball. It's getting separation first and then getting the ball. And that's what this guy does. Yeah. I'll go to my, what do you think about him, Ronnie? Well, the first thing I look at is the size. It's similar to what we've been talking about with, uh, uh, Smith, Devontae Smith, he's just not a big dude. So, uh, you know, I would have some concerns, uh, with that. Um, but yeah, I, 
he's one of these guys. So it's it's interesting. You mentioned him being the third round too. So I'm working on an article actually for the Rams right now. Since they don't pick until 104th pick, that's their first pick in this draft. So you kind of got to like project what's going <laughs> right. to happen, which is really hard with the first 100 guys. Um, but um, uh, some of the guys that I was projecting in that range, so I'm doing the article in the corners. And uh, in the process of that, I did come across Calvin Austin too. But yeah, the, the size does concern me. Uh, I think he, he's somebody that you got to get out in space. Uh, maybe some screens. He can probably break off those. Probably be a great return guy. Yeah, uh, that's my thought. Yeah, so I, I, I obviously, you know, third round guy. You don't normally project as a number one receiver, anyways. No. So I, I think in the right scheme, and and the and if he gets into an area, and you think about everybody's lining up in three receiver sets, like that's their base set now. It's it's very rarely, you know two running backs, one tight end, you got your X and your Z receiver, you know, they're coming out in three wide receiver set, which makes the defense go into their nickel right away. Yeah. And trying to figure all this out. I really think that that's a guy like in the, in these, these offenses that have that fly sweep, that have these tunnel screens that have these Hunter Renfro type of trees underneath. I mean, these guys make a living. Julian Edelman wasn't a big guy. Wes Walker wasn't a big guy. You know, we can go on and on. Your boy Cole Beasley wasn't a big guy either. I think well, he fits that replacement mold with McKenzie. Absolutely, absolutely. That's why, yeah. so I think he fits that mold for sure. Yeah, I think he can make a living in the slot for sure in the for right, sure. right team. Yeah, and you're not going to be surprised with this next one um, because I've talked to him. I've pounded the table. Who do you think it is? I'm thinking it's the BSU guy. No, no, no. He's got to be on go, this list, though, right? Oh, jeez. Uh, nah. <laughs> You know, okay, so let me tell. Hey. You, first of all, let me just kind of uh, a little a little backstory on this for for our listeners. I put up a poll the other day on Twitter, and I listed four quarterbacks. Ritter being one of them. The other two or the other three um, spelled it wrong. Was was Willis Pickett, and then um, oh my gosh, who was the fourth one? Was it uh, Willis Pickett? Was that, it wasn't Howell? Was it Coral Corral? Corral. Okay. Yeah. So, and the, the question in the poll was of these four quarterbacks, who are you building your team around regardless of, you know, anything else? Um, surprisingly enough, well, now I don't guess really surprisingly enough, but Willis was a landslide actually chosen. Ritter was actually number two and Pickett, who is considered the best quarterback of this pro of this class and the most NFL ready finished third. Now that's the fan speaking. That's not actual people right. that are, you know, analyze this stuff day in and day out. But I do like Ritter. Don't get me wrong. Uh, you and I were talking about this the other day. Um, and you, he like Willis. Well. you like Willis huh? more, right? Do you like Willis more or who, who's your top quarterback that you really like in this, in this class? I think for ceiling it's Willis. Okay. He has the arm strength. We know he can run around. So the question is, is can a team as coaching staff develop the rest of it? Um, and if you'd asked me five years ago, I'd be like, no, there's not a chance. But after seeing some of the quarterbacks that have developed over the last few years and become what they were not expected to become, it's like, mm -hmm. okay, <laughs> there's something going on. There's guys in the league that actually know what they're doing and can develop quarterbacks extremely well, apparently, because you didn't see that very often back in the day. Right. Um, so – I think for ceiling-wise, Willis has got the highest ceiling. Uh, I would not be shocked if Ritter ends up in the end of the 
uh, end of the day, being the, the best of this class. See, this is why I'm getting on the table and I'm standing for this guy. <laughs> I, I think I think that there is a scenario in this draft where he is the first guy taken. I think for your reasons, Willis, he has he he and it's a maybe, right? It's not none of this is definite. But I, I just think that he's got a little bit more work to do than Ritter. I've watched Ritter. I like the competition that he played against. He processes things really quick. I think the biggest knock against him is accuracy, ball placement in, in certain instances. When he played against Tulsa, there was one uh, instance where he's got an RPO, which is a run-pass option. He gets the dive, and basically the, the alpha defender – or apex defender that you would call him that, or an outside linebacker edge guy, he's playing in space. And really that's the guy that you're reading. And what kind of happens in this scenario is that the apex played kind of between the run and the pass. And it forced a really like a really accurate throw from Ritter and it hit the guy in the hands, but it was kind of up and behind him. It got tipped and, and was an interception. Those are the things that he's going to have to clean up. But he's gonna clean those things up. He gets in. He gets into uh, a team. I just he can run. I like he's he's lengthy. He can't. He's fast. He's got a good he was surprisingly arm. Surprisingly fast. Yeah. Like surprisingly when his 40 fast. times came out, I was I was shocked. I did not realize he can run like that. My, my I don't. Thing, it was sub five. Yeah. I don't yeah, remember the yeah, exact. It number, was. But. I, I want to say it was. It was around four, four seven, four eight. Might have been like a high four seven. It was. Yeah. It was up there. Like the guy, the kid can move. The thing that I like about him the most is that I keep hearing this, and I keep hearing it from different reporters, his coaches that are kind of on the table talking about him. Is his work ethic, his work ethic, um, and his leadership. And every year that he's improved, right? You can even take a look going back to. 2019, a 72 overall PFF grade, uh, a 76 in 2020, and then a 90, which is an elite grade. And mind you, this is college, but this is an elite grade. Um, I would say that his completion percentage is something that has to improve. I'm not a huge fan of that 54, but Josh Allen was a guy in the 50s coming out of college, by the way, and we know what he's doing now. So again, we're projecting what he's going to be, not what he is right now, but projecting I just think that he has the highest – I think that he's got the highest ceiling because he has all of those things of those new-age quarterbacks. He can move. He can work on his accuracy, which I think you get him with a good QB coach. But I, the thing I like about him the most is that everybody's raving about his leadership and his work ethic. And coming out of the Senior Bowl, the Jet staff, which I got into an argument with a guy on Twitter on that poll, by the way, uh, when I said yeah. that – Coaches were saying that he had the it factor. Now, the it factor is something that you can't measure. Tom Brady obviously has it, and I'm not saying this guy's Tom Brady, but I'm just saying that you, when you come across a dude that just has it, where guys follow, and you have that at the, the quarterback position, that is huge, and huge. I just see that with him. I just see that with him and how he led Cincinnati going into the college football playoff against Alabama. I just there's a lot that I really really like about the kid. He's not a perfect prospect at all. I think he's none got of these guys are. He's, <laughs> none of these guys are. He's got his holes, but I think what he does have that you can mold into something great. I like, and I would love to have that guy. Uh, you know, if, if the Niners are going to draft him, I don't want him to draft him. We we have enough drama going on. We got Debo, we got Trey Lance, we got a million things. But I mean, if you're going to build a guy and you're going to have your franchise around a quarterback. I think those intangibles are, are really, really important. 
So I believe in, if I remember correctly, in your initial mock, you had Willis going first, correct? I did, and I'm 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 really uh, I, I did for a, a different reason, and that was more because of the connection in uh, staff and location for Atlanta. Um, him going to Atlanta, but I'm going away with uh, away from that. Just I think Atlanta has way too many things that they need to build on yeah. uh, kind of to your point. And I think a wide receiver at that spot um, is a lot more likely. I, I, I just think in, in this class, I like him the most, but that doesn't mean he's going to be the first one. I wouldn't be shocked if he was, there could be a team that picks him that we had like, you weren't even in the market for a quarterback and you, and you picked him. So there's things that can happen. We've never seen that happen. Green Bay. We've never seen that happen. <laughs> I just think that all these quarterbacks, I think there's, a fit, you know, like uh, Pickett. You know, there's people that have predicted him to go to Pittsburgh. He played at Pitt, you know, or Malik Willis uh, trying to draw an Atlanta connection or Pickett to Carolina because of Matt Rule. Like, there's all these other things. Works. I know it. It It never never does. Ritter. I really feel like in almost every one of these situations, I think that he would have an opportunity to excel, and I don't think that's true for a lot of the other quarterbacks. Uh, due to time, we're going to move on here. I got my number three, James Cook. Okay, I love this kid. This is Dalvin Cook's brother. He, When he just has the ball in his hands, it's different. Um, just watching that Georgia. Now he split carries between, um, gosh, what's his name, Zeus? Um, but he split carries w- with him. But when he gets the ball, there's just – just when a running back gets the ball and they have like this it factor about them, it's just how they move so easily and gracefully. And you've seen Dalvin in the, in uh, Minnesota and how he does that. James cook is not far off. I do like that. He has somebody in his family that has experience in the NFL, which to me, he kind of knows how the business is already, but I really, really like this kid, not just carrying the ball, but now, in the passing game as well. And I think that he will really flourish there. What are your thoughts on this, Ronnie? Yeah, I, I think he's going to do really well in the game. <clears throat> and uh, I saw earlier today, just random person on Twitter made a comment about how they're getting uh, annoyed with how fans are devaluing the running back position uh, and said that elite running backs don't grow on trees. And while that's true, they don't. But in this day and age, you don't need an elite guy. Uh, mm-hmm. You put a James Cook behind a solid offensive line, uh, and I think he could, you know, again, not saying elite. Maybe he's not his brother, but maybe he is. We'll see. But I think he's definitely somebody that can definitely, you know, carry your run, your run game. I, I just love it. And out of 68 career catchable passes, he has one drop. So he's going to be tremendous in the receiving game. Um, he re- – the thing with him is that he's just explosive and he can cut and he doesn't really lose his speed. Right. Um, so I love that about him. The one knock on him that I have that he's going to have to sure up any running back in the NFL level, especially coming out of college blitz pickup. You yeah. can't just have, you can't go out into a route all the time. Sometimes you have to stay in there and you have to block and you have to figure out who's coming and where you fit in the protection. And this is a spot where he actually really struggled to the point where Georgia did not put him in that situation at all. They just sent him out on routes in the NFL. That's not really going to fly. What's that? He's kind of smallish too. 
Yeah, 5'11", 199. I, I think that's kind of, you know, right there. He's not a big, you know, big yeah. running back as far as like, you know, 220 I mean, pounds. I don't gonna... know if a lot of those guys exist anymore, though, either. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> Especially with the way that... really changed a lot these days. That's for, that's for sure. It has, man. I mean, even from, I mean, I feel like when I played – you know, you had Jerome Bettis that was back there with the Steelers, and I, I, he would not survive, I don't think, in the in this this league now. Like nobody's going to, you know, have him back. I mean, you have a Derrick Henry, I guess you can make an argument in a certain offense that he could maybe with the Titans. Um, but you just see these guys like and and these running backs. The other thing is, it's they don't have a shelf life. Like their shelf life is four years, right? And very rarely do they make it to a second contract. The ones that do, like, is almost even Christian McCaffrey, who is a tremendous prospect, he's coming up into his contract years. And I mean, he's missed a lot of games. Saquon Barkley's another guy that you can talk about, right? So, I mean, that's why they're falling so fast. I think that, you know, yeah. second round that he's projected in rounds three and four. And I think in previous drafts, let's say that you took this player and you put him maybe in the early 2000s, he's a first rounder. I really feel like that you can make an argument for his skill set and what he does. But, you know, now it's running back by committee. You have three or four guys. But I just really like the way that he runs the ball. I like how explosive he is. I love that he can catch. Um, it just makes you really, really hard to defend as an offense when you have a running back that can do that. Uh, next up, and this is a kid that you know. And I feel horribly for who blew out his Achilles in, at his pro day, I believe. But nonetheless, I think if he's there in the second round, by the way, if that didn't happen, he's a first round guy. If yeah. he does not blow out his Achilles, he's a first round guy. Um, I love this kid. He's long. He's lengthy. He's 6'4", 250. I, I just really feel like he continues to get better. Um, I think he's a really, really good kid. and. If he's there in the second round and you are making the pick, you got to take a kid like this. Like, this is a no brainer, I think. The first one that comes to my mind actually is Atlanta, just because we know that they have a number of needs. They're not going to be competing this year. Uh, I, and, you know, from our, well, from my uh, mock, if I remember correctly, I don't know where Atlanta, oh, yeah, Garrett Wilson. I've got them taking a wide receiver. If you can get this guy in the second round, uh, and then uh, in 2023 draft, the Falcons are probably going to be picking high, maybe top 10. It's supposed to be a heck of a, a QB class. Uh, they could really set themselves up. And, and I'm yeah. not saying that they're going to be trying to tank this or anything like that, but realistically. They, they need to get players. They need to get players, yeah. right? They, 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 there's a big gap between them and some of the top teams. Um, and they're missing out on a quarterback, by the way, so. I yeah. agree with and, you. And, and I could see even like a team like San Francisco or Buffalo or KC or any of these later teams, because yeah. if he does drop, let's say late into the second, absolutely. Because teams like that, they're not going to need him right now. They can right. compete. Buffalo is a good example. Tremaine Emmons, they have not assigned him his extension yet. They haven't offered it to him yet. You take a flyer on this guy. I Exactly. I, you know, if he's, if he's yeah. there late second, snatch him up, see what happens. The thing I really like about him when it, when I really watched his tape is that he doesn't at least it appears that he doesn't premeditate his his moves. 
he comes in there and he's able to adjust on the fly. Sometimes he sees that the tackle is leaning a little bit far back and he's able to spin inside. He's able to adjust, which I think that's something that you acquire through, you know, just a, a lot of snaps and being able to see how tackles are playing you. So that that's always a sign of I'm I'm evolving as a pass rusher is when they, they don't go, okay, I'm going to go here and I'm going to attack his outside and I'm going to spin no matter what. Well, if he has inside leverage on you and you spin, you spin right into getting a hand in your face and you go down and it's an ineffective pass rush. But if you're able to adjust on the fly with how athletic he is, I think that's huge. The one knock on him is that he is miserable against the run right now. Uh, they didn't. <laughs> Michigan didn't even have him in there against Georgia on running downs. Yeah. So to me, I think he's he's a pass rusher right now, but he's got to be able to play the run to even like if you're going to survive in the NFL, you're going to have to get you know down in the dirt. And you're going to have to stop the run to force the pass because as we know, there's some teams out there that we talked about like the Chargers last year. Yeah, it's great you got these pass rushers. Even now, you got these pass rushers. Well, you got to stop the run. You got to get him to third down. You got to get him to third and seven if yeah. you're going to get into your specialty as a pass rusher. So that's my well, biggest knock on him. And to that point, too, you know, like the bio there says, he's he only started playing football five years less than five years ago. Yeah. So yeah, he he has a lot to learn, and there's obviously a lot of room to grow for him. So he could definitely develop into an, an every down. Yeah. linebacker and i mentioned tremaine Edmonds. Edmonds is a middle linebacker jabo is not so there's not really you know a fair comparison there but <clears throat> it's how they're looking, used i guess in a way yeah well uh Edmonds is used more as as a coverage linebacker at the middle spot uh buffalo plays almost exclusively a nickel defense to what you were saying earlier uh the teams are you know their base offense is is three wide these days uh 11 personnel so uh that's you know Edmonds' job a jabo I, I'm not comparing him to this player as far as, you know, his ability levels or anything like that, but a Von Miller type that uh, if he was there, Buffalo could pick him up. He can learn from uh, Miller because uh, we know Miller's older, 33. Right. So it'd be a great, okay, year or two down the road. He continues to develop, grow into a, a better run defender, learn some moves from Miller. It'd be a great pickup, I think. Yeah, I think you he's worth taking the flyer on. Yeah. Um, and especially, I feel so bad. I feel like he would have gone uh, up even higher, e even with him not being able to play the run well. I think his upside on, he hasn't played a lot of football and he's this good, right? Yeah. And you can see that he does have a specialty. And by the way, teams like to throw the ball and we got to try to stop that somehow. The only way to do it sometimes is just get in that quarterback's face. And uh, he is a specialty guy in that. Um, my know, next – oh, go ahead. I, I'm just curious, the position rank and big board rank, 11 and 50, do you know if that's pre-injury? Uh, yeah, I think this was um, – I, I actually think it was post-injury. Okay. I think this is post-injury. Yeah. I think this is post. It was it was adjusted. Um, I know this came out before, but I, I know that they adjusted his numbers. I'm pretty sure when I looked at it early and a lot of the stuff I looked at early on had him going even in the first round towards the yeah. end. So I, I, I think this one's adjusted. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. My next guy, and this is a guy that I kind of have my eye on that I think could potentially fall to 61 uh, for the 49ers, but that is Jaquan Brisker. 
I really love this guy as a safety. He can easily add into the run game um, and and into those run fits. And that's a, that's something that you really need from safeties. And sometimes college safeties, they're not really they, they don't want to do that. There's a lot more passing that goes on uh, in the in these colleges. You know, you think about Texas Tech, you think about. Um, you know, all these, you know, big 12 schools or whatever that are slinging the ball all over the place. This guy fits the, uh, fits the run. Um, and it's really something that he has. It, it looks innate to me. It's nothing that he just was coached. It's just something he, I'm going to go get the ball. I'm going to make it happen. It's just like, you see those guys on the football field and there's just something different about them, whether it's, you know, just their reaction to the run or how they yeah. go and tackle, but they, he wants to go do that. So I really like that about him. He also, when he tackles somebody, they go down. Like they don't, there's not a whole lot of, you know, Hey, he's spinning off. It's another guy. He, yeah, he tackles them and they go down. Like he's a really good tackler. What were you going to say, Ronnie? Oh, just that he's got really good size for safety. I I did notice looking in his PFF grades. (laughs) That's some consistency right there. (laughs) Yeah. That's what I really like. That I was going to bring that up next is he's really consistent across the board. This is three years of consistent playing ball at a high level uh, at Penn State. So I really like that. Um, he, When I was watching his tape, it seemed like wherever the ball was, this dude was. So he's just got a nose for the ball. If, th- if that ball came loose, he was right around it. If, if there was an interception to be made, he was right around it. Either he was tipping it or he was the guy that was picking it off. So he's around the ball, and that's what you love around safeties. Now, there's a knock to that. Right, because that's a fine line as a safety. One of his knocks is, and I've seen it. He likes to peek in the backfield, and on some certain play actions, if they if you have a really good play action team, he gets caught looking in the backfield, trying to come up and make a play, and gets beat. So that'll be something that he has to really train his eyes and know when uh, to make some of those uh, gambles and things like that. But um, he's a downhill guy, and he's going to have to yeah. learn to play backwards a little bit. You know, that's going to yeah. be the thing in the NFL that he's got to learn to backpedal, turn his hips and go, yes, I love that you love to come up and make a play, but there's stuff going on behind <laughs> you too that you got to be aware of that, that can cost you your job. And you can kind of see that in the and the numbers there too as far as the uh, right. yards allowed, touchdowns. I mean, you look at 2021, 406 snaps, cover snaps, more than any of his two seasons, but only two picks. So, yeah. Uh, it doesn't seem to be really much of a uh, ball hog type with, uh, you know, career five interceptions. And I would be a little concerned about, is there any more room to grow? Uh, yeah. Three years of almost identical numbers. So uh, has he already peaked? Yeah, that, that's a good point. I think, I think it, when it comes to some of these safeties and, and coming in, they have to almost relearn how to do it again. Cause I think in, in college, yeah sometimes as a safety, it's tough to get a pick because you're, you're playing way downfield or you're playing way up and there's a whole lot of middle stuff that's, that's going on. I love his tackles, but yes, like sometimes like you gotta, you gotta be up there. You gotta be stripping. I love to see his forced fumbles. I know that that's not in here. And I saw some on tape where he was really stripping that ball out and kind of going after it. So I like that. He's got to be better with his eyes and more aware of what's going around in the backfield and play collectively with uh, another safety. But I, I feel like in in certain schemes, he might not be back there. He might, He's going to be more of a strong safety guy in a cover three type of scheme where he's yeah. coming up and, and trying to play that eighth man in the box rather than, you know, playing back as a free safety. When you think about the Big Ten, too, they tend to be more of a 
a power conference anyways, as far as running right. the ball. You look at Michigan yeah. and Wisconsin, those two are very well known for their their power run games. Uh, it's not like the SEC who's in the spread, you know, seemingly eight wide receivers on the field and <laughs> slinging it everywhere. So yeah. that could be part of it as well, just the opportunity. Well, Granted, 406 coverage snaps is a lot, but yeah. still at the same time, if you're not having to do it all the time, yeah. Uh, then I think that it's an area that, yeah, he could probably grow in. Yeah. I, I love this kid. I love this kid. But to your point, his lowest graded games, Ohio State, what do they like to do? Spread it around and, and throw. What yeah. does Illinois like to do? They like to spread it around and throw. Those are his lowest graded. His top and what does that Iowa say? And Wisconsin. What's that? Buff, Buffalo there? Yeah. Oh, I yeah. think that says Buffalo. Almost forgot Hello. they had a team up there. Yeah. Hey, I've, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was last year I was watching the Buffalo Penn State game and Buffalo gave him a little bit of a scare for about half, half yeah. the game and then you know it was over. But oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, right on. Well, hey, next week we have a huge show. Um, we are going to be putting out our final mock draft. We we've kind of been talking about a little different, and we kind of had an idea uh, today of what we were going to do, and so we're going to have a live show, obviously. But we're going to unveil our mock. We're going to go through our mock draft live on the show. We're not going to have anything where we're throwing on the screen. We're saying, hey, I picked this guy, this guy. Ronnie and I are going to work as a team together to put together a mock. So we're going to alternate picks. Um, So I'll go, then he'll go, and we're going to have a mock draft. And that's going to be the mock draft that you guys are going to have to beat for our mock draft challenge. Uh, So make sure I know I talked to a lot of you guys. You guys are waiting until the last minute. I totally understand that. I wouldn't want to put it out a week early either. Um, But make sure that you guys get them in. We're going to put it out live on the show next week. We're going to be sharing the screen and and making these pick by pick. And I'm really excited about that, Ronnie, to be honest. That's going to be a lot of fun. I actually watched uh, or listened to a podcast, uh, NFL Live with uh, Kuiper and um, uh, Chris Mortensen. No, the other one. Jeez. McShay? McShay. And they did the exact same thing, kind of going back and forth. Oh, cool. And it, so I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. I think it'll be a lot of fun. And I, I think it'll be funny when we get to one of those picks where you're like, what are you doing? What are you picking there? And like, I have a really good conversation about it. So yeah. I, I think that'll be fun. But we'll we'll do that live next week. Make sure that you join our show. Uh, this, is, this has been a blast, man. This was a good show. Thanks to Johan for coming on and talking about his Eagles, even as crazy as those Eagles fans are, man, I tell you. <laughs> I, I still can't get over that. I'm going to replay that a million times after this. But um, any last words you got, Ronnie, before we get out of here? No, uh, just I can't wait till the draft, man. A week away, a little more than, well, a week as of tomorrow. So, yeah. And this We're is going to be, there. I, in my mind, probably one of the more exciting drafts as far as the league as a whole. I, I'm not so. Yeah. You know, it's in Vegas. Buffalo's roster is pretty much set, so I'm not like, oh my gosh, who are we going to get? Like I have been in years past, where we were drafting in the top ten. <laughs> but I would really like to see. I, I think two positions for you guys: corner, which I, I have projected corner, but I also wouldn't be surprised if there's a running back that you guys really like that's sitting there. You know that that you know their staff really loves. I I feel like Buffalo might be a running back away. Like you get an elite guy back there. Um, I, I have seen Brees Hall. All the things. Yeah, yeah that's Brees the guy. Yeah, I was to Buffalo a few times, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What do you think I, about that? Is it a pipe I love him or? as a running back. Okay. And I think he's going to be a phenomenal back in the league. But I'm 
our offense is just fine. We can put up 30-plus points, 40-plus points a game. We need to get some corners. We just – we have to. Uh, White's coming off the injury. He might not be ready to go week one. They're saying he could potentially be, but is he going to be rusty? Is he going to be in game shape? Wallace is he going to get hurt, like tweak something else, like tweak a muscle yeah, or something, just, you know? So, like, Dane Jackson is pretty much our incumbent number one currently. And, and I like Dane Jackson. Don't get me wrong. I think he did a phenomenal job last year uh, when White went down. Like, their Buffalo pass defense was number one in the league. With White, they were number one in the league without him. So he did a great job. But now we're missing two of our top three guys. So we've got to got to fill that. Well, not to mention, I don't mean to, to, to bring this up, but the way that you guys lost last year almost screams that you have to take a corner. You have to address yeah. that defense, right? Um, so I agree. I, I think that you can get a guy like a James Cook in the second round, and if that happens, I think you'd be ecstatic. You know, there's a handful of guys that I think would be cool. I, I've seen uh, Ty Chandler uh, being another guy that that could have some really good production in the right offense. But um, some, I can't wait to to, to talk decent. about this next week. Yeah, there's some good running backs that I think will be available in second, third rounds. Uh, I, I I love Singletary. I do. Uh, I just would like to have somebody that one of two things got some meat behind them or <laughs> cannot run everybody. And I'm sorry. Singletary has neither one of those. He's got yeah. some wiggle. I'll give him that. He's, he's a grinder. He's a grinder. Yeah. He's going to uh, get you those four to five. And that's, that's yeah, about and it. He needs the holes. He, he can't make the holes himself. Yeah. Oh, I got a joke in my head. Okay. We'll <laughs> let that one. <laughs> we'll let that one go. Uh, well, idea. Yeah. I, I'm excited for the draft. I can't wait. It's the Super Bowl of the offseason. We kind of get to see, you know, we talked about this during the playoffs. Why do we put ourselves through this? And we turn around in, in April and May, and we are full of hope. We're full of hope <laughs> yeah. right now. So, yep. Debo Samuel, please don't go anywhere. Please don't. <laughs> All right. That's my only message. All right. Well, until next week when we do our mock draft, this is the Backyard Blitz. We're out of here. See you guys next week.